Trady Nut, episode 13. Mindset is, is the most important thing. It doesn't matter which strategy or criteria you're using. Mindset ties all of them together. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than... I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax. Learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial trading or investing advice of any kind. What's up, traders? Welcome to another installment of the Trading Nut Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Hawkins, and today we've got Kevin Hunt on the show. And now, Kevin gives us a different perspective on trading. So, you know, hear that interview in a second. It was quite a quite an interesting, different kind of interview than what you're used to. We still go through most of the same questions, but um, you're going to hear some slightly different answers, which I think is really, really useful for you guys to hear out there because it's something you can relate to. I related to it quite well myself. So that's coming up in a second. Now, there's a couple of things I need to talk to you about. So the first one is, uh, the first couple are, uh, well, actually, sorry, the first one is a reminder that we've got the Edu Contest, the first ever, world's first demo trading Edu Contest with Gary Fullett coming up early in January. There's an early bird discount on at the moment. So if you haven't checked it out already or if you want to join, then what you get is you get access to Gary for a couple of weeks. He's going to do basically daily boot camps with you, which are going to, is going to get you set. He's going to do daily sessions with you guys to get you set up for a demo trading contest. So this guy is an expert Wyckoff trader. He's been in the markets for decades. I can say that, decades. And, um, and look, he's going to train you guys up before the contest of which at the end, you're going to go through this contest and you're going to get a chance to win back your tuition, which is actually very low for what you're getting. It's only $269 if you take the early bird and it jumps up um, before the actual contest starts. So so head over to tradingnut.com forward slash demo comp. Uh, you should be able to find a link for that easily enough on the site there. It's in the sidebar if you can't remember it. And I'll put another link in the show notes as well. So, um, so yeah, we've got the demo comp that you can take part in so that's uh, worthwhile checking out and um and then 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 i've just launched another robot as part of the robot traders club which was my old gold membership with without the uh, the access to the 52 trader interviews which are still available so if you want those you can jump on there and get them as well um so i've just launched a new robot i actually put a couple of videos up on youtube in the last week so i'm now doing this stuff full time um so i can share this stuff i can share more of my journey with you basically i can share more of my journey so the youtube channels where it's happening uh, i'll try and get it up on facebook as as well and possibly some bits on instagram and twitter so what i have put up there is when i stumbled on a robot that did 1.25 million in i think it was four years maybe two um no four years starting with a one thousand dollar deposit so you want to check that video out and then uh a probably a more useful and, and interesting video is one of the strategies that somebody sent me uh i've chucked that up there on youtube as well and so basically i'll walk through um how the strategy works so you're going to learn the strategy which is which is one of these ones that's sort of farmed out over the internet with my adaptation to it to to find 
what looks like quite a robust um, buy-side strategy anyway. So check that out. Head over to the YouTube channel. Um, will I put a link in the show notes? I may as well put another link in the show notes for that. So in the description, if you're on your phone, you can you can go and um, check out the channel there. Now, what else have we got? Ah, right, a couple of completely different things, which... Now I've sort of got this platform, and I want to—I want to not just, you know, I suppose help people trade, and and I suppose there's got to be got to be more to it, right? So um, the first thing is something that came to me when I went for a run this week, yeah, and I was on this run, and I, I run up a track sort of at the back of my house, and uh, it's a lovely run. You go through bush, you're in farmland, you've got amazing views. I actually put it up on Instagram, so it was one of my Instagram stories. It's probably disappeared now. I'm not too sure how that works. But um, I, I did a little recording when I was when I was up there, and... Um, and I could yeah, show people the view, and and you know there was a little calf there, which uh, a cow was sort of um, it just it just been born, and uh, and so yeah, look, I, I it got me thinking, you know, and you guys must be hearing it now that the planet is in dire dire straits with the, the amount of pollution that we're, we're putting into the oceans and and into the environment and um, the plastic that that, that are uh, that's been caught up in in uh, fish and birds and and all that sort of stuff and how it just impacts on everything. So I was thinking, what could I do as somebody who runs a podcast, who's talking to a small portion of the world, um, not a massive portion, but who knows, it'll grow over time. So, um, you know, I'm sure there's something I can do to, to help. And look, I mean, I've changed a lot of the things that I've been doing in the last in the last year. So a year ago, I'd say I was 10 times worse than I was now. And even then, I actually wasn't too bad. But in the last year, I've really, really sort of stepped up my level of, you know, caring about what I'm actually doing to, to have an impact on the on the environment. And, and I've learned a, bit, learned a bit along the way as well. So one of the first things I did, I was getting like one or two coffees a day. And of those coffees, I was going to the going to a, a coffee shop and I was getting a plastic uh, lid with a cup which couldn't be um, put in the recycling. So I was like, well, the, the lid could, but the cup couldn't. And even then, you've got to recycle it. So I went out. Uh, about a year, it was over a year ago now, and I bought what's called a keep cup. Now, a keep cup is basically a cup that um, you can take with you, and you can fill it up and uh, and keep it. And it means you don't need to get the, the disposable cups that they give give you at coffee shops. So I've been doing that pretty much religiously for the last year. I think there's probably been maybe a handful of times where I've actually got a takeaway cup where I just didn't have my keep cup on me. But the impact I've I mean, I've probably saved the planet, let's say, 300, I mean, I've probably saved the planet 300 plastic lids, okay, and that's plastic lids that obviously get recycled into smaller things, And but I mean, it's 300 plastic lids, right, and then the, the cups that have plastic resin on them, so they don't necessarily dispose, so guys, what I'm thinking is, and I want to hear your feedback, maybe post it in the show notes, um, the comment, or send me an email, or, or hit me up on one of the platforms, I want to hear what your thoughts are on whether or not I create a trading nut keep cup. And look, this would be, you know, at cost. So um, if you're not using a keep cup now, either A, I urge you to use one, which would be the, the easiest solution. B, I'm wondering whether or not I create a trading nut one. Um, I've seen some pretty cool designs and I'm thinking like, you know, us traders, we don't tend to want to go around shouting like I'm a trader on my on my t-shirt um, so I'm thinking a keep cup's pretty cool because people look at the design and they don't, don't necessarily know what it's about 
But um, I think, you know, if you had a, had a trading nut keep cup, it could be pretty cool. The other thing I'm thinking about, which is another thing I've done, is I'm desperately trying to not use shopping bags anymore. So the plastic bags, I know that there's big things around the world with that. So I, I, I mean, to the point the other day, I've actually found an old shopping bag in my a plastic bag in my car, which I think the kids' uh, football gear had been in. And I told my daughter, right, pick that up. We're going to take that back in the shop and use it. So we did. We, we took it to the supermarket. We used the old plastic shopping bag that they'd given us maybe, you know, two, three months ago. And um, we used it again. And I, you know, now I've got a stash of these um, material bags that I take to the shops to, to, take, to do the shopping. So, guys, the other, th- other thinking here is do you want a trading nut shopping bag? I'm thinking the Keep Cup's probably going to be more popular, but I want to hear your feedback. Keep cup or shopping bag, let me know, and I might even put a page up on the on the site, and we do a bit of voting and or something like that, or put it up on Facebook and, and send an email out. We'll see. But anyway, that's my rant. Um, I'm going to save the last thing for another episode, so I think that's enough um, of me talking. Let's get on with this episode from uh, Kevin Hunt. All right, folks, we've got Kevin Hunt here on Trading Nut. Now, it's taken me a while to get Kevin on the show. Uh, how's it going over there, Kevin, in London or just outside London? Everything's good. Uh, a little damp, a little cloudy today. Um, been pretty cold, but other than that, it's absolutely fine. It's typically London. Right. So for those that don't know Kevin, look, he's he's part of um, the crew uh, that I've interviewed before, actually. Kim Krompus was on the show a long time ago. In actual fact, she was on, on my last podcast, uh, 52 Traders. And she did say, hey, look, get Kevin on the show. He's a great trader. Um, it would be great to have him on the show. So I'm glad we finally got around to doing it, which was probably, I don't know, nine, ten months after I originally interviewed Kim. So it's great to actually get you on the show and um, and hear your story. So so without further ado, let's get on with the, the questions. And I know it's late over there for you, so you, you might be struggling towards the end because I often do when I do these late podcasts at the very end of the of the night and I'm like – my brain's just sort of drifting off, so so I want to get on with these and and try and find out um, as much as we can about your trading journey and your trading these days. So, first up, Kevin, um, can you tell us? Give us your background. Give us your story into trading. How did you get started, and how did you end up where you are now? Okay, well, going way back, I, I grew up in southeast London. Spent pretty much all of my life here. Started my first business way back when I was seventeen years old. And over the years, I bought, built, and sold many different companies in different um, in different industries. Uh, finally, ended up with an IT company that I started from scratch, an IT support company. Built that up from nothing to something quite substantial, and had everything invested in that, and lost the lot through a rogue business partner. Absolutely lost everything that I had. And it was at that point I just was at a bit of a loss. I didn't know what to do next, and I was looking at different options and you know which way I was going to go then there was no way that I was going to get back into the IT industry I don't know after a blow like that you just sort of like shy away from that kind of thing being back in the same thing so I started looking around and uh, wasn't too sure now it was purely by chance that I had taken a trip over to India and it was on the flight back to the UK from India this was back in 2011 that I got talking to a guy on the plane I was sitting next to him on the plane and it turned out he was a forex trader, and sort of like planted a seed. Then, it's, um, you know, we got talking about what he was doing and how he was trading. Just a, a retail trader trading his own fund, and it was that that initially sparked the interest. Although 
saying that, going back in time, I'd always fancied having a go at trading stocks or trading forex, but I'd never found the time to actually sit down and do it. So it's something that sort of like passed me by for a long time. So that initial spark, like I say, was back in 2011. Um, I did nothing about it until 2013. Um, we were on holiday in Thailand, lying by a pool, looking at my phone, and I think it was something on Twitter or Facebook that popped up. And I think it was Trading212 or one of these platforms that popped up, and it was saying about Forex trading. And I just installed the app on my phone, started playing with it. Now, you know what it's like. I didn't have a clue what I was doing, but I was buying and selling on a demo account. And I couldn't believe the amount of money that I was making, obviously <laughs> dramatically over leveraging and just didn't have a clue, but I could see this money coming, building up in this demo account. And I thought I need to have a closer look at this. So um, carried on playing with it. And then I started looking more seriously into it, just spent as much time as I could looking at different strategies, looking at different traders, different mentors. And, um, I lost, a, well, I say I lost a lot of money. I blew up two or three accounts. They were only small accounts during that early, the early learning period. Um, wasted some money on going to see some mentors who were doing seminars in London. Um, and it was purely by chance that I heard a, a podcast with Kim Krampus on it. Just like, you know, she sounded like a genuine person, looked into what she was doing. And that was in, um, that was in 2015 that I found out about what she was doing at the Price Action Traders Institute and decided to give it a go. I sent her a few emails and um, started working with her and haven't looked back since. It's just moved on in leaps and bounds since then, doing really well. And now, in fact, I'm working with her, teaching some of the um, some of the London and Australian traders. Well, what a, what a great story. And did you ever, ever hear from that Forex trader that you met on the plane again? I didn't, no. No, I didn't get any details from it. It was purely just a, I mean, we were talking about many different things and it's just something that came up in passing and I said, oh, well, you know, I've often thought about that and um, I am looking for something else and I think you recommended a few sites, but you know what it's like. You Once you start looking into this, there's just such a, a oh, massive a... amount of information out there. It's a minefield, it really is. Yeah, it's a and vortex. I just found my own way through it. Mm. It really is cool. So, so, um, so you met up with Kim and started learning her methods. I suppose. How did you, how did you get to the point where you're like, right, this is the one I want to learn from, and I'm gonna, gonna toss everything else aside, or did you not toss everything else aside? Did you sort of keep some things that you sort of thought were relevant and valid? No, I didn't. The thing was, um, there was a point when I was looking at all these different strategies before I actually. Um, met Kim I sort of like stepped back because I like I say I blew up a few small accounts and could see I couldn't understand it I couldn't work out why some of these methods I mean obviously there were there were comment out there there were people that weren't even trading what they were what they were selling but there were some um, even some of the real famous successful traders who I've read about in books they were all trading these different strategies they all had success I was trying all these different things and couldn't make it. And it was then that I stepped back a little bit and just looked at all of them from the outside to see if there was anything in common with the different, with the different um, approaches that they all had. And all it was down to, even though the strategies were so different, they really were, um, the two things that they had in common was the risk management and the, um, it was the risk management and the mindset 
And it was at that point, it was, it was almost like a turning point for me. So once I realized that, that was before I actually started speaking with Kim and, and I joined Kim's group. So joining up with Kim, I decided to forget everything that I, I learned before everything that I'd worked on before and just worked purely with her system. Nothing didn't deviate at all. And the mindset, you know, the, the way that she helps with that as well, that helped a lot. I understood what was needed for the mindset, for the psychological approach and the risk management is, is easy. It's just numbers, but without the mindset, you'll break that risk management and to stay within the parameters that you, you set yourself. If you haven't got the mindset, right, it's impossible to stick with that. So from that moment on meeting Kim, I just stuck with her system and I, I didn't deviate at all. I did exactly what she was doing, how she told me to do it, and it worked. Great. And look, I, I love what you got you guys do in terms of posting your results on Twitter. I think it's sort of fascinating. I just jumped over there before to have a look, and, you know, it's raw. It's real. You know, you don't sort of hide the fact if you have a, a break-even day or a losing day or, or whatever. It's up there for everyone to see. So, you know, people do get... I suppose a better reflection of of what's really going on um, with your training, and and at least, and and how guys who actually do make money and do make this work can take trades and take small losses, which I suppose is the risk management thing you're talking about, and and the psychological part that goes with that to then come out on top with the the wins that you do make. Um, so on that note. Let's get into some of the the stats and uh, and styles about your trading. So what what? Let's start off with um. How would you how would you label your trading style? I mean, have you? I mean, if people want to go back and listen to Kim's episode, they can and they can probably work out what her trading style is. But is yours exactly the same, or is it slightly different? It is. I'll just run through it quickly. It's exactly the same. Um, trading styles with price action day traders, um, working with nothing but the price action. You know, we use no indicators at all. We work with one time frame. It is such a simple strategy. It really is working with one time frame, 15 minute candles and um, clean charts, no indicators. In fact, the only indicator on the chart is um, showing the spread. That's important because we, when we trade red, we need to keep an eye on that spread before we take a trade. But other than that, it is purely working on what the price is doing. Um, Sessions that the the average duration of any session that we trade is, on average, I would say it's probably between two and a half, three hours, up to four hours. It's very rare that it's longer than four hours. So we're in and out and flat the market at the end of each session. Um, Although sometimes we get fast moves, you know, we'll start trading on the London Open or on the New York Open, see some moves, see some decent fast moves, and we can be out within 30 minutes if if we see those moves, if there's a good, powerful move. So, and, um, and do you take the exact same trades that Kim takes, or are you slightly different or just different on the same place, but not quite the, obviously the same price because you both, you know, got variance in there? That's right. Well, it's quite strange really, because like you say, we tweet everything out and this is something that keep, that proves that what's happening is real. As we take a trade, we'll instantly say we're in this or we're in that. So we can't turn around at the end of the day and disregard trades that we've, posted that we've taken if those trades have, have lost if they've if, if they've stopped out we can't hide that fact but the thing is um some of the some of the criteria will set um will set price orders we'll, we'll set orders to take the trades in those instances we'll be getting in pretty much exactly the same point exactly the same price um but there's sometimes when we're flicking through the charts 
um, I might miss an entry point. Entry criteria is here. I might miss it or Kim might miss it. So one of us will get in on that. The other won't. And once you've missed that criteria, then it's that thing about sticking with the rules and, and not bending or breaking the rules at all. And you, you just have to let that trade run and, and you're not on it. You just have to watch it run off into the distance without having a part of it. But um, so, no, sometimes, like I say, we'll be on exactly the same. We'll post and then she'll say, same as me, same as me, and we will be holding the same trades. The, other, the, the main thing is with Kim is that, I don't know, because she's got that much more experience than me. I mean, realistically, I'm still very, very new to this trading game. And the success I've seen so far, it's surprising me and it surprises a lot of other people because it is so new and fresh to me. But with Kim, she's been doing it for a lot longer than I have. And she's she's in a position where she can push trades a lot more than me. And also, she can, she's got a feel for what's happening. When you look across the board, I don't know, say if you're seeing the Japanese yen strength, she picks up on that. It's almost like a, another sense that she's got where she can pick up on these moves. And sometimes you'll see her post interested in Japanese yen and you're looking at it thinking well there's not much happening at the moment and so often she gets it right those trades move and she's in on them now she'll push those trades and she'll push them a lot further than me with me I'll get to a certain point I'm happy with that result I've reached a certain level and I'll get out of them but a lot of the time Kim will push and push and she says herself she's like a dog with a bone she don't let go and she pushes and she actually drains so much more out of trades than what I do and, and the other members do. But that's something that I suppose will come in time. The longer that I trade this system that she's using, the more I'll be able to recognize what she's seeing and push those trades a bit more. And, and do you guys have a set uh, group of markets that you focus on? We do, yeah. We trade um, 10 pairs. And the 10 pairs that we choose are purely because the spreads are low. And because we're working with very tight stops, it's essential to have small spreads and there's less chance of getting knocked out so we're trading with the euro us dollar euro, euro japanese yen pound us dollar pound japanese yen australian dollar australian yen um, us dollar japanese yen uh, us dollar canadian dollar canadian dollar japanese yen and the new zealand dollar us dollar that's the 10 pairs that we trade and we stick with those 10 pairs all the time it makes it easy, doesn't it? Just so you're not jumping to, to random pairs and you know confusing yourself. You can focus on those markets. I actually read somewhere just this week that you know just people who start delving off into to way too many pairs that they're not familiar with, um, especially in the crypto space, then the, <laughs> which aren't you know, necessarily pairs, but they they start to find that you know well, why aren't things working? What's because you're not familiar with the pair? It's because you you. You've broken the routine, you've broken the sort of cycle, you've broken whatever sort of subconscious uh, knowledge that you've generated, you've built up over time, sort of gone now because that pair doesn't react the same way that a pair you're familiar with does. Um, so well, that's right. Sorry, you move away from what you know, and that can cause all kinds of problems. It doesn't matter how experienced you are, how good, how, you know, how good you think your mindset is and your psychological approach. You start drifting off. <coughs> excuse me, you start drifting off in other areas and uh, that can just throw all of that right out of the window. But doing what we do it is exactly the same. And I'll be perfectly honest with you, a lot of the time it's quite boring. And I've heard before that people say, oh, you know, successful trading should be boring. I won't say that that's the case all the time, but it is very, very methodical. 
it's very straightforward. It's an easy, um, it's an easy set of rules to follow. And if you can do that and approach it with the right mindset, it's, it's a way of being successful. And, and do you th- before we get into some more of these stats around your training, I mean, do, do you think that there was a point in time when you were like, man, I actually, I, I get it. I, it's working. This is it. I'm done. Like, I, I, I don't need to look back now. Um, that's something that sort of like drifted in, even though after, even after I became profitable, even after I had, I had that consistency, there were days and weeks when I'd struggle with it. And there were times when, you see, the thing is we don't analyze at all. We don't do any kind of analysis on what's going on in, I don't know, in the, in the trading world at all. It's purely sitting down looking at the screen but you know what it's like. You you see things come up on Twitter. You'll hear that Donald Trump's going to be doing this. You'll hear that Theresa May's got this meeting. And in the back of your mind, you start to get this nagging little voice saying, well, that could do this, that could do that. But that's something you just have to block out because it's, it's purely about price action, what you're seeing on the screen. And that's all that we need to do. It is that simple. It really is. It's purely what we're seeing on the screen in the moment that we're trading. And... Um, just trying to steer clear of all of that noise outside that's going on, you know, the predictions, the yes. analysts who are shouting about this. And, yes. Um, and in actual so fact, like some of those can, can be, uh, can be sort of there to, to get the retail trader in or, or the, the, the less experienced trader, you know, interested in a particular market so that they can then short it or, or buy against them, whatever it is, just to, to build up that hype that will, I suppose, fund the, Give them liquidity for their trades. Um, so quite, who knows? Quite yeah. Quite possibly. But I honestly see a lot of that as just an industry that's making money. And it's just a, it's like sound bites and, and noise that's going on. And it's an industry. It's like so many things. You, you look at the news, the way that the, the general news is dealt with and the way that they build on hype and they exaggerate and they lie in many cases. It's purely filling a space and it's paying wages and, and earning a lot of money for a certain amount of people, which I'm sure that a lot of a lot of the analysts, not all of them, but I'm sure that a lot of the analysts that you hear out there talking about this and talking about that, you know, if you actually break it down and look at what they're saying, it's very, very hard to distinguish exactly what they are saying. It's very vague and there's a lot of grey areas and there's no set course that you can actually analyse and say, well, he was right about that. Sure, they're going to get it right sometimes and they're going to get it wrong sometimes, but I'm sure a lot of it is noise for noise's sake and filling up spaces where they can make money and, like you say, pull people in, get the excitement going on certain platforms and things like that Yeah, well, look, to no, make money out of it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, no, nobody's ever turned the news on and they've, they've said, sorry, guys, there's no news today. Um, well, <laughs> you know, it doesn't happen. They'll come up with something. There was, that's right. Well, there was a newspaper that was out some time ago, and it was called the Good Newspaper, and it failed miserably oh. because it was just good news. And people people don't want that. They want to hear about you know the terrible things that are happening around the world, and and the majority of that that kind of media and news is just filling space and making money. So with what well, I was going back to what we were saying about the turning point for me or realizing when there was a turning point no because it wasn't something where one day i woke up sat down at the charts and thought that's it i've got it 
it's something that's gradually fallen into place. And even now, I'm still working on it. I'm still working on my psychology because you probably know that's perishable. I might have it right today. Something might happen in my day tomorrow. I'll sit down and trade the New York. And if I haven't got it right, if I haven't continued working on that psychology, I could lose it and I could you know, be drifting off into an area where I shouldn't be. So I would never say, yeah, I've got it and I, I, I know everything about this trading lock and I'm going to continuously make money because it's not the case. It's an ongoing process that I don't think will ever end. And it's just a case of improving and doing better and feeling more comfortable each day that I trade or each month that I trade. So so let's get on with some more of these stats. I mean, what what's your um, winning percentage look like? <laughs> well, this is something else. And you're going to think this is strange. I don't know. Uh, I get many people asking me questions i get loads of emails i get loads of tweets and private message direct messages and things like that asking me about my stats and i don't keep any stats whatsoever this is all i do i'll sit down at the beginning at the beginning of each week working out what my capital is to trade with that week work out my lot size which reflects half a percent of my capital so any loss that i take will be half a percent of my capital that's the lot size that i work with it's as simple as that I'll trade. At the end of each day, I'll write down how many pips I've made, how much percentage I've gained or lost. At the end of the week, I'll do exactly the same thing, how many pips I've made, how much percentage gain or loss, and that is it. And I don't delve any... I shut the computer down, I shut the charts down, and I have nothing more to do with trading. I know... I mean, there's members of, of the Price Action Traders Institute who we're working with who ask me these questions about average wins and... I honestly don't know because I don't look at it. Trading doesn't, it's not a, I don't know how to put this, but it's not something that really interests me to that extent that I want to sit down for ages and pull it apart and start analysing everything. And one thing I said to someone, one of the members a couple of weeks ago, he'd been emailing me and asking me these kinds of questions. And I said, I really can't help you because I could sit down and do it, but I don't want to. And there's a reason for that. If, if I sit down and I start pulling it apart and analysing it, is that going to make me trade any different to what I'm doing at the moment? If I start looking at uh, win-to-loss ratios, and what's that going to give me? Am I going to start thinking, well, maybe I need to adjust this, I'm not, I need to adjust that? That could, for me, could ruin my trading, and it's somewhere where I don't want to go. What I'm doing works for me without all of that analysis, plus when I finish trading i can just shut down i don't need to spend any more time in front of the computer working on that and i likened it to i mean it's a bit outrageous when you what i said to him but if you i remember hearing an interview once with paul mccartney now i'm not likening myself to paul mccartney the guy's a genius but paul mccartney was asked about him not reading you know not being able to read music and why was that and he said he's frightened he's actually frightened to sit down and learn the structure of reading music and playing along to reading music because that could cut everything off all of his creative juices could just disappear overnight if he did that it might not but he's not willing to risk it yeah. and in the same sense i'm the same what i'm doing works for me and if i start pulling it apart analyzing delving too deep is that going to ruin what i've already got and i can't see personally myself what I'm going to gain from it. So I don't do any analysis at all. What I've told you what I do regarding the pips and my percentage when I loss is all I do, nothing else. Yeah. I've got the I've got the figures here. I could go through my accounts and do it, but I won't. It's quite interesting. Um, 
I mean, I asked this question, what's you know winning percentage? I mean, people have come back and said, look, it's a pointless stat. Why do you ask it? And in actual fact, I, I ask it just because I think it's, it is, I mean, I, I suppose I do realize it is, it is pointless um, from the point of, of trading. But I just, I don't know, I just like, like to find out what it is. And it's really, it, it all comes down to what the risk to reward ratio is, because it doesn't matter if you've got a high winning percentage or a low one, but if your risk to reward is, is out, you're either going to lose money or you're going to make money, depending on how good it is. So I asked that one next, mm-hmm. um, which you might be able to answer in terms of what's, what's your risk to reward ratio. So when you've got a stop, what are you, what are you looking to, to take from a reward point of view? Well, our stops range between eight pips, which is on the euro US dollar, um, and 12 pips is the maximum stop we'll take. Um, now, again, the typical risk to reward ratio, I don't know because I've never looked into it. I've never calculated it. There's some trades that I'll take and they'll start moving. Like I say, I'm working purely with price action. I'll see price moving and then I'll see something happening. I don't know. So if I'm in the, say if I'm in the pound, yeah, so if I've got a trade on the pound US dollar and the pound Japanese yen, and they're moving quite nicely, moving up, I've got them long. And then suddenly I'm looking across the board and I see the Japanese yen starting to get strong. So it's moving down. So that's there's a good chance that that's going to pull down the pound Japanese yen. And at that point there, I might have reached the level where I'll get out. And so I'm not looking for a two to one or a three to one or a four to one or whatever, but that that can be possible. I mean, Sometimes when you get a trade moving, we can make five to one on a trade. But regarding the actual stats, the actual figure, again, I don't know because it's something that I don't sit down and calculate. Trading doesn't interest me that much to be able to. I I can understand people that do. The guy that was questioning me just recently, who's a member of the Price Action Trade Institute, he, he loves that analytical side of it he loves sitting there for ages with his his accounts and his statements and working all these things out he possibly gets something from it i can't i really can't i understand the risk to reward is very important and some people will adjust their trading around that again I'm, i'm new to this game really extremely new to this game and i don't understand by pulling that apart how i could adjust my trading to make it any better at the moment, oh, you know, a year down the line, two years down the line, I might be thinking differently. But right now, what I'm doing works, and I don't see any need for that, and that's why I don't do it. I don't have those figures. Yeah. Let's let's um, ask about your time frame analysis. I mean, how do you do? You look at higher time frames, lower time frames. What time frame would you take your trades on? Our trades, the way that we trade, is just with um, fifteen minute time frame. Nothing else. We don't switch between different um, time frames, one minute or anything like that. All we're doing on those 10 pairs is looking at the 15-minute time frame, nothing else. And again, it's, it comes down to that thing that I was saying about this strategy being so simple, so easy to follow. Really, is you're just looking at one time frame across the 10 pairs. And starting out doing this, you don't even have to trade the 10 pairs. You can trade five pairs or four pairs or whatever you feel comfortable with. It can, with the markets are moving fast, it can be a bit overwhelming, even with those 10 pairs. So some people like to start with less pairs, but once you get into it, once you've got the criteria down, 10 pairs are quite easy. And like I say, that's it, just 15 minutes on each on each chart that we look at, nothing else. Yeah, it's quite simple, actually. I, I do struggle with 
uh, I suppose moving between time frames and and peers and focusing on what peer I'm looking at with what time frame and making sure I've got a snapshot of that in my mind so that when I'm drilling down I can sort of re- replay it back to the higher time frame and I get confused yeah. um, and so yeah. I, I do like the idea of, of one time frame right let's move on to some of the other questions I've got here I've got a number to get through and we're, we're chunk, chunking through the minutes here so what's your typical trading day look like typical trading day um, okay well not it depends on um, Wednesdays and Thursdays I trade the London session and that's when I'm doing the live webinar the trade plan with the members so I'll trade London on Wednesdays and Thursdays um, usually Monday, Tuesday and Thursday I'll be trading New York so let's take the New York for instance um, I like to sit down at the charts at around about half past one one o'clock, half past one in the afternoon, London time but before I actually do that I like to sit down as long as I've got the time spend 10 minutes meditating clear my mind before that I'll try and get a jog in go out you know have a little jog a bit of exercise just to you know get my I don't know just to take my mind off of it I suppose really the meditation then brings me back to focus and then I'll sit down 30 minutes or an hour before the actual New York open I'll look at what pri- the price has done throughout the London session and throughout the Asian session, and that's where I can draw my trade plan up from. And from that trade plan, by looking at that price action over that time period, I can draw the trade plan up. Instantly, I'll know where my entries are, what I'm looking for to get into a trade, and it's as simple as that. And then I'll sit there and I'll trade. Like I say, if I get moves, I can be out in 30 minutes. If the market's a little bit slower or if it's hanging around for a while and it takes me the three or four hours to trade, I'll do that. But then once I'm finished, I'll be out of all trades and that's me done for the day, flat the market. Brilliant. Um, what about cryptocurrency trading? What, what's your view on that? Have you thought about it? Have you looked into it? Have you spoken to people about it? Yeah, yeah I've, I've looked at it many times. But for the well, I'll say many times. I haven't looked recently. But applying the strategy that we use to trade cryptos, it, it wouldn't have worked a little while ago. It just wasn't. There wasn't the follow-through there. It was very volatile, which is good. We need volatility to be able to pull something out of the markets. But it just wasn't matching up with our strategy. And I tried it on a demo, but it just wasn't working. But my dealings with cryptos are that in 2015, I invested. It was just purely in Bitcoin. And I didn't know what I was doing. I just heard about it, and I thought, I'll have a go at that. Put some money into it. Left it and I watched it grow and grow until the start of, well, it was around about May 2017, and I pulled everything out of that. Now, which was great. I'd made approximately 600%, but we, we all know what happened throughout 2017. I got out and there was a massive climb. But not to worry, it didn't bother me too much. Like I say, 600% was quite good. But then in around about November 2017, I got back in. Watched it grow, probably about 300%. Pulled, and this time I got into, I split the money three ways between Bitcoin, um, Ethereum, and Litecoin. And I watched that grow through December, pulled out the initial investment, and the money that's left there now is just sitting there. It's pulled back quite a long way, but it's something that doesn't worry me for the fact that it's free money. It hasn't cost me anything. If it blows up tomorrow, I've lost nothing. But... The way that I look at it is as a long-term investment, more than 
trading. Like I said, I don't see that I can day trade it. And I'm just looking at a five-year plan. So I'm going to leave that in there for another uh, four years. See what it does. If it falls apart, it falls apart. If it grows a fraction of what it's grown in the past, then I'll do very well out of it. But um, Yeah, it's getting to those levels now, isn't it? Sorry, what's that? It's getting to those levels now where, where people are starting to look at it again because it's dropped so much. Uh, what, what's it at the moment? Is, right. it, and the thing, is it four or less? Do you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't even look at it now. That's there now for another four years, so I'll just leave it. I don't right. know. It's something I don't, again, I don't look. I'm, I'm quite a lazy trader. You've probably picked <laughs> up on that. It's just sitting there, and that's going to do its own thing, whatever it does. But the other thing is, is that I believe that more people are trusting it now. More people are looking at it and understanding it and realizing the possibilities and the potential that's there. And because of that, I mean, we've seen some of the big institutions getting regular, you know, they're being regulated and they're being approved to, to trade their um, clients' money in, in, in the UK now. And I think that that growth could see it grow. It, again, it's me being the analyst and I'm not an analyst and I'm guessing. But personally, I feel that it could grow. And even if it grows a fraction of what it grew before, I'll pull my money out in four years and I'll have done okay. In the beginning, what do you think made you different from the average trader out there? Um, what made me different? Well, realistically, I wouldn't say. I'd say that I was probably like any any other trader, anyone that starts out. I didn't have a clue what I was doing to start with. Knew absolutely nothing at all, and starting from the foundations up, um, I didn't know anyone who was trading, so I couldn't turn to anyone that I knew who I trusted. It was purely like a lone venture. So in that sense, I don't know. I suppose some people get into it because their friends are doing it, family are doing it. They might have had a, a father who's been a trader before. But for me, it was a completely blank canvas. Um, and so I don't know. It's, I don't think I'll stand out. I'll tell you the one thing that does something that I apply to everything that I do, and that's the determination. If I decide I'm going to do something or I want to get something, I usually get it or I can do it purely through the determination. I'll find a way through. And any barriers that get in the way, any walls that I come up against, I'll find a way of getting around them or over them. And maybe it's that determination that's made me a little bit different to some people. But there's other people out there with that kind of determination who can do exactly the same thing. It's... um, the one thing that I, I really like about trading is that anyone, if they're determined to do it and work hard enough at it, they can be successful at it. And it's, you don't need to know anyone who's a part of it. You see, this is something else that drew me to it. After the experience of losing my business, I lost faith with everyone. I, I couldn't trust anyone. And I couldn't imagine going into business with anyone again or doing anything along those lines because of that mistrust. With trading... The only element of trust I've got is the broker that I've got, and they're regulated, and you know everything that you can possibly do to safeguard yourself there is supposedly in place. But other than that, it's me and the market. You know, there's no nepotism. I'm not being singled out because of my race or which country I come from or you know which social background I come from. This is purely me and the market. It's, I'm indistinguishable. I'm, I'm covert, if you like. You know, no one knows who I am trading the market. It's when I'm trading the markets. And it's purely down to my knowledge and my ability that determines whether I'm successful or not. So I wouldn't say I was any, anyone can do that as long as they're determined to do it. 
if you I suppose if you're a retail trader working a day job, what steps would you take to start earning income in this? I mean, what do you recommend for them now? For um for someone who's getting into it. Someone who's getting into job. it, someone who's got a day job, someone who's trying to trying to make some money. Um what their, their intention is to how do I make money from trading? How do what steps would you recommend they take? All right, well obviously this is one of the reasons why I started putting out on Twitter before I was working with Kim. Um is I would recommend the Price Action Traders Institute simply because I tried many different things. They didn't work for me. Now, I'm not saying that what Kim does is the only way of successful trading. That would be complete nonsense because there's thousands and thousands of different ways of trading. But personally, I know that what she does works and what we do works. And so I'd recommend that. But with that, um, you have to be – there is a restriction there. So if you're working, you need to be able to sit in front of your charts at um, 8 o'clock in the morning London time – to trade the London session, or 2 30 in the afternoon London time to trade the New York session. And you've got to do that, and you've got to be able to, you know, possibly be there for up to four hours. So anyone who's starting out, if they've got that potential, if they've got that ability to be able to have that free time and do the London session or New York, I'd recommend Price Action Traders Institute because I know it works. Failing that, if they can't get that time, well, then... I'd recommend that they try swing trading. There's, I can't think of the name of the guy now. There's a guy who, I'll keep an eye on him and I'll still hear bits and pieces from him and I'll see some of his videos. can't think of his name. He's an English guy. And he's very, very open with what he does um, in, in releasing statements and all sorts. Um, if anyone is a swing trader anyway, his swing trading seems to work. So if they were limited for time, then I'd say, maybe have a look at this guy or someone like him and, and get into swing trading. Yeah, we've had a few English uh, swing traders on the show. I don't know if it's any of them, but um, I'll, I'll run some names past you. Maybe we can get it up on the show notes or something. Um, right, so yeah, sure. so you mentioned red news before, and there's you're looking at the spread when the, the news is about to hit. I mean, how does, how does fundamental play a part in what you're doing? Fundamental analysis. Fundamental. Well, it doesn't. It's, uh, every, I'd say everything's technical. Um, again, maybe I'm missing something because, again, I'm a new trader. You see, this is something else. I sometimes sit here and I think, am I missing something? And I hear, I, I was being interviewed by, a, I can't, it's another another um, uh, trading podcast and or webinar or something. Yeah. And I was sitting there waiting to go on air and I'm listening to all these other traders and I'm thinking, Jesus, am I qualified to talk on this? You know, I'm, I'm sitting here with my little bit of knowledge and they're talking, you know, it's blowing my mind what they're saying. When I went on there, I said, like, I feel like I'm not really qualified for this, but maybe I'm missing something. But I see what we do as purely technical. And it's, you know, we're not, it's purely what we're seeing on the screen. So, you know, we're looking for an entry. If this does this, then we do that. And it's that simple. So maybe I'm missing something with the fundamental reference, but I don't see what, because I see it as purely technical. Nothing but technical. Okay, I suppose the other question is, I mean, if, or another way to put it is, I mean, if there's if there's news coming up like FOMC or um, some big news like that, what or a big announcement? Do you guys keep an eye on that for like oh, I don't want to enter? Or are you literally looking at the numbers, going, oh, the spread's too high, maybe there's news coming up, and maybe I won't it. take the trade, or I'll get out of the trade because the spread's. 
Okay, this is how simple it is. Okay, going into a news event, we won't hold a trade. So just imagine if we've got, um, say, if there's a pound red news event coming out. All we need to know is that there's a pound red news event coming out. We don't even know, need to know what the news event is. We don't need to know if someone's speaking, if there's figures being released, if it's whatever it is. If it's a red news event, we're flat the market on that pair, so we'd be flat the, the GBP. We won't hold a trade going into the news. We'll sit and we'll look at the charts and we'll flick between the pound um, pairs that we trade. That's the pound US dollar and the pound Japanese yen. As that news relate, release happens you know the spreads go crazy they go stupid you see the the candle spiking and jumping backwards and forwards up and down and all we'll do is we'll sit and we'll wait and we'll wait for that to start to normalize to come back to normal then we'll be looking for price action and if we see that price action whether it's going up or going down we'll buy it or we'll sell it and it's as simple as that we're looking for a certain pullback to get into that trade but then we'll get into it going with that move and that is that is all it is. And like I say, we don't need to know what the news event is. We don't even need to know what the result of that news event is. I don't know. I, I don't even look at the, um, what the news event's done, what the figures are. I'm looking at what the price is doing on the chart, and that is all I look at to take a trade. And if you had to recommend the three things that a novice or intermediate trader educate themselves on when reading that chart, I mean, what would they be? Um... Three things to educate them. Let me think, let me think. Um, well, I suppose the obvious is learn the strategy. Whichever strategy you're working with, you need to learn that and you need to learn it as second nature. It needs to become part of you. Um, so, so that is essential. So you can just execute on, on the criteria when you see what you see on the screen and when, when, you know, your entry points or however you get into a trade is hit. Um, uh, I mean, I know you've mentioned you don't use indicators, you, you purely price action. I mean, are there, there's certain things with it from a price price action point of view that people could, you'd recommend they start focusing on as, as opposed to focusing on indicators. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, it's looking at what the price action's doing, and you get a feel for it. You do, you become more familiar with it. So you're looking at what price is doing throughout any trading session, and you you do, you start to get a feel for it. And it's quite refreshing. That, that one of the guys, one of the guys who's um, joined the group, he joined some time ago now, but I saw him tweet out the other day that he was in a trade, and he, he started to what's happening which is good because you're looking at what's happening across those places. of course that is not a given that's not a, a definite um aspect of, of the trade you could feel something you could feel that the japanese yen's getting strong or getting weak and you know that can flip in a moment but at, the, at that moment in time you can see what's happening you feel what's happening and then you start to go with that so yeah maybe another aspect is to start to get a feel for it and that can only be attained by spending time in front of the charts the time you spend actually looking at what's going on flicking through the pairs that we train and then you can start to you start to build a picture almost as to what's happening throughout any session so yeah maybe looking at what the get a feel try and get a feel for what's happening um start to identify you know when price is looking like it's going to move it doesn't always but a lot of the time, when you when you get that feel, when you can see what's going on in front of your eyes and it's happening across the board, 
there's a good chance that it will go the way that you're looking at it, and um, that's that's part of the edge, I suppose. How much um, how much back testing did you did you have to do to sort of feel confident and comfortable with the strategy you're using now? I didn't none at all, absolutely none at all. Um, I could go back. I mean, back testing. It depends how you want to do it. I could go back through Kim's tweets and and see what she's done, and you know, just feel comfortable and confident with that. But I didn't. It's pointless. You know, I followed her for a while before I actually joined, and I could see what she was doing. But I've done no back testing whatsoever. Again, falls down to that lazy trader <laughs> approach, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. I could, but again, it's time spent doing something I needn't do. Um, didn't need to do the back testing. I know that Kim doesn't back test either. Um, she didn't, as far as I know, she didn't back test this strategy. It's something that she built herself over a period of time. And she wasn't looking at what's happened in the past. She's looking at what's happening in the moment. And that's all we need to know. We don't, what happened in the past is, I know again, you see a lot of people will probably listen to this and think he doesn't know what he's talking about. It's essential that back testing for this and for that. But for me, it doesn't make any sense because what happened a week ago, a month ago, 10 years ago is never, Mark Douglas said it. He said, um, every moment, what was it? He said, every moment in the markets is I can't remember the words he used now, but he was saying that there is no two moments in the markets that are identical. Every moment is unique. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And so back test that testing, perhaps there are ways that it works for people, but I don't understand that. And I've never, never used it in what we do. All I'm looking at what's happening in the moment. And that's all I'm, that's all I'm interested in. Cool. Well, let's get on to the quickfire round. So I've got nine quickfire questions to hopefully get the listeners a bit more detail into what it takes to become a successful trader. So, Kevin, first question is, how long did it take you to go from newbie to profitable? Um, from newbie to profitable, I took just over two years. I didn't know what I was doing. I was all over the place. Started to pull it together um, when I joined Kim, and that was in 2015. So... Yeah, two years, two years where I didn't know what I was doing. Once I found a strategy that I could trust and that worked and that I understood, it took me about three months from when I joined Kim to when I started seeing consistency. Three months, approximately. What's your mental approach to trading and do you have any special techniques you can share with us? Meditation, as I said before, it's very, very important and, and do it as much as possible. Ray Dalio swears by it. Um, Paul Tudor Jones, a lot of people do, a lot of people in business do as well, and it's becoming more and more mainstream now, whereas before people would look and laugh and they'd say, oh, that's cranky, that doesn't work, it's weirdo stuff, but it really does work, it really helps you to focus and, uh, you know, get get to where you need to be, and of course, listening, I listen to a lot of audio books regarding trading psychology and psycho- psychology and mindset overall in, in all aspects of life, so that's quite important, important as well for me. What's your favourite entry setup? News trades, I find them um, easiest, I'd say. Although, I don't know if easy is the right word. Um, I don't know. I just, with that, I can see what the move's doing. Even though I don't know what the news event is, I can see what the move's doing. I can get in where I need to get in. And there's an extremely good chance that I'm going to come out of that with some pips. What strategies do you use to exit or manage active trades? Okay, we have set levels to take profit at. Um which we'll set our take profits at sometimes and let them come through there or if they reach there, great. Um, of course, once we go into a certain amount of profit, we move our price stop up. 
But if price is really moving strong on a pair, say if the euro is getting extremely strong and we can see that across the board, I won't put a take profit. I'll just follow up the price action with um, a price stop and just, okay, you're going to leave a few pips. You're going to leave some pips on the table and you've got to accept that. But by moving that price stop up, keeping a decent distance away from where the price is at that moment, there's a good chance of pulling some big pips out of the market. market. What's your recommended trading book? Uh, there's many, but I'd say that the 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 most influential and the most important to me is trading in the zone by Mark Douglas. Many people say that, and I absolutely agree with it. It's a fantastic book. It covers pretty much everything. If there was one thing you recommend any retail trader spend the next month mastering, what would it be, why, and how could they go about mastering it? Mindset is, is the most important thing. It doesn't matter which strategy or criteria you're using. Mindset ties all of them together it's a vast subject but it's like i say the one thing that every single strategy needs so every every kind of um resource that you can find that will help you with that use it what's your preferred broker and trading platform pepperstone i use um i like them they're reliable it's a good solid um system i never have any problems with the system freezing and i use mt4 what's the worst trade you've ever had yeah, I'm not too sure about this. Um, worst trade, probably around about 50 pips back in the day when I was playing around and trying to work things out myself. And it was one of those things that I'm sure that a lot of us go through where we won't accept that we're wrong and you keep moving your stop down and you move your stop down and you move your stop down and before you know it, you are wrong. You realise you're wrong and you've just got to jump out. So I, I would say approximately around, around about 50 pips. If you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be? Okay, a lot of traders, they'll tell you to trade, to be a successful trader, you have to trade without emotion. Now, I see this as nonsense. I, the way I see it is that every second of your life, you're experiencing an emotion, whether it, even when you're asleep, you're dreaming, you're experiencing emotions. And when you're trading, those emotions get fired all over the place. You're in a winning trade and you're the best ever. You're in a losing trade and you're feeling down in the dumps. So the thing is, don't try and control those emotions. Let those emotions happen. Spend your time and your energy concentrating on making sure that those emotions don't affect the way you trade. Make sure that you stick with your criteria, you stick with your rules, whatever your emotional state, you stick with that line. You stick with that line and you don't deviate from it. You stick with your rules. Right, last question of the show. We'd like you to give us the bones of a full trading strategy, entry setup, stop loss, take profit targets, market time frame, basically something our listeners can have a bit of a play with at home this week. I'm not sure... That- I'll be honest with you, I feel a bit that I can't really give you the full strategy and how I would trade using Kim's criteria because it's not mine to give. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, I don't, I don't expect you by any means to give, to give away Kim's entire course um, on here, on air here for free. Um, this is just more of a something that the guys can really sort of start thinking about. I don't know if you've got any ideas. It's up to you. Okay. Um, all right. Take, take the news trades, for instance. Um, just on a demo account, just sit and watch when there's a next news event. Look at the pairs that are linked with that news event. Watch, watch what the price is doing. Watch what the candle's doing, and see if you can control yourself to hold back until the spreads normalise. Don't get into a trade, and then just see see what that price is doing, and then make a decision from that. Look at what the price is doing, and just see if you can actually determine 
which way you're going to trade that. And another demo, account, go for it and see how you do. Don't put a, don't use a, a take profit. Just follow up with your price stop and see how that goes. There's something for. And so that's um, place the anyone listening to work. Place the trade before the news or after the news? Just just to confirm. Oh no! Wait for the news to take place because we don't know which way it's going. We don't even don't even look at what the news is. Just know that there's a red news event. So if there's a red news event, say on the Australian dollar, or if there's a red news event on the pound, just look at the pound pairs. Watch your spread. Wait for things to settle down. When all that crazy spiking happens, let that settle down a little bit, and then decide which way you're going to trade it. Trade it on a demo account. Don't risk any money, please. There's no trade recommendations being given here. And don't set a take profit. Just follow it up with a price stop and see how you do. Nice. Right, so, Kevin, before we wrap up, what's the best way for my listeners to get hold of you? Okay, well, my website, which is uk2asia.com, and that's uk2asia.com. uk2asia.com is my website. And they can get me on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter, and that's at UK2Asia. And I've got a YouTube channel. There's loads of videos of me actually live trading the criteria that we use. So you can learn an awful lot about what we do on my YouTube channel. You can link into that from my website. So really, the, the best place really is the website. You can email me from there. You can find my Twitter link. But more importantly, you can find my YouTube link. And if you do, please subscribe to that because you'll get a notification every time I post a, a new video showing I actually show my live trading as I'm doing it. Nice. Brilliant. All right, there, there you go, guys. Some free free education. Um, a big thank you to Kevin for sharing with us today. Everything we've discussed here, along with all the links, are in the show notes. To find them, simply search for Kevin in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. So there you have it, folks. Hope you enjoyed that interview. Now, if you do want to uh, check out some more content from Trading Up, then head over to the YouTube channel. Uh, you'll find that link on the website, or I'll put it in the show notes. And you're going to see those videos on that strategy that I walked through, uh, <laughs> that I've automated, and you can see that how it performs and the change I made to it. Um, also, do remember to hit me up on, uh, it could be the YouTube comments while you're there, or it could be anywhere. In, in fact, just hit me up, tell me what you want, or if you don't want anything, don't worry about it. But I want to know, keep cup, shopping bag, what do you reckon? What is it? What are you going to do to help save the environment? This is what I'm using this platform for, try and get this sort of message out. So guys, let me know. Um, and whilst you're on the site, do remember to check out the Edu Contest, the Demo Trading Edu Contest, where you get education, then you compete against other students to win some cash and we're going to reveal what that cash is very soon so guys stay tuned for more on that and um, i'll see you on the next episode